0: Yes, the Monday morning roundup right across the SEN network. If you're just joining us, thanks for tuning in. If you're coming on back, another hour with Maddie this morning on SEN 1170 AM Sydney, 693 AM in Brisbane, 1620 AM on the Gold Coast, and wherever you're tuning in, of course, via the app 0457 736 736 is the text line, or 1300 01 1170 is our open line. Matthew, let's do some snap judgments. Uh, Thanks to Snap Fitness with you every step of the way. Snapfitness.com.au where we have a look at the games that have just taken place. And then, of course, we'll do our tips a little bit later on. So let's try and put them into a bit of a nutshell. Your snap judgment from the Panthers uh, defeating the Rabbitohs 16 points to 10 on Thursday. Obviously, the off-field drama at halftime continues. um, And that's a real pity the way that that played out. But when you look at the way that the the Panthers have fought back mm. after their round one loss, the World Club Challenge before that, and I watched uh, with interest Isaiah Yo on your show last night on Fox Sports, and how he said the first two weeks we struggled for momentum, and that's mm. what's carried them for the last two to three years. So the struggle for momentum appears to be at least uh, in this round against the Bunnies overcome.
1: Well, the the, the struggle for momentum early, Matty, was uh, it was. They did that to themselves. There was too sideways, too much sideways ball movement, and not enough just good old-fashioned grant driving forward. You know, allow Nathan Cleary to give him space, give him time to think about what kicks he's going to put in on five and six. It was a return to title-winning ways. It's very interesting, Matty. Sides don't get bored with winning, but they get bored winning the same way, and that's the coach's job to just keep to keep taking them back. To what works. It took, took the, what do I say, don't abandon the mule that takes you to the top of the mountain.
0: <laughs> what about uh, the impact of Sonny Luke? So, I mean, we, we mm. knew that it, it was going to be a massive out when Apicorosau went across to the West Tigers. But this kid is something very special.
1: And how it, uh, I think he's pushing the mid to late 20s. Is that right, Sonny
0: Luke? Have I got that Yeah, right? I think he's, uh, he's 27. Yes. 27. Yeah, as
1: the great George Young wrote, "Long way to the top," which sometimes serves guys very, very well. Very talented, and it, look, it, eventually in life, uh, as sport is life, you get what you deserve eventually. And he's hung in there. It's it's a it's a really good story.
0: Yeah, the the kid, as I mentioned, is 27 years of age. Yeah, yeah, sharks. Sharks. Yeah. Well, sharks I mean, 30. for
1: for me and you, for for you and I, that is young.
0: He's a kid. He's a to kid. be
1: 27 again.
0: Yeah. Um, the Sharks 30 defeat the Eels on Friday night at Combank. So Cronulla claim their first win of the year without Nico Hines, but a lot of focus on Brad Arthur's bench rotation. We've got a few um, texts about that questioning it. So what did you make of this one?
1: Uh, look, going into the game, I, I had concerns about the way that the, the, the Parramatta side was structured as far as uh, what was sitting around their playmakers. When you're a playmaker... You're the lifeblood of a playmaker is your edge back rower, right? He, even if you're not using him, he's running your deceptions and he's hitting your space. And you know, that that's one of the most important partnerships in the game. And you know, if I want to, if I've got a the, the back rower I want off me is the guy who's going to run the gap for me, right? Who's who or who's, who I can give to and he's going to run right into the teeth of the defense and wear a bruise for me. Whereas you look at the Parramatta side, like for instance, on the left hand side. You had Bryce Cartwright in the centre, so you, you effectively had you got two playmakers there. It's surplus to requirements. The back row is a big problem for Parramatta at the moment. What going into that game was really funny. On the surface of things, if you said to me who was going to win, uh, I would have said without thinking Parramatta. But I sat down, did the form through the week, and just looked at the nature of the two sides, and it became clear that if the game was going to be an arm wrestle. Then in my opinion, I, I said I thought that Cronulla were going to win. Now I had a bet with my son. One of my sons, I won't say which one it is, had a bet, and he said, "Mate, Parramatta will win." And I said, "I bet you, I bet you lunch, that Cronulla beat him." And he says, "Okay." So a ten-nil he texted me and said, "Mate, I have a steak medium rare," and I said, "Mate, do you, I said Cronulla will find a way to win this because you know, oftentimes when you get away to a really cheap ten-nil lead." puts the side into a false sense of security. And in and, and a lot of ways, that's what the Eels are like. So they've got... Hopgood's been a really good pickup through the middle. You know, the big guys up front, Campbell Gillard and Junior Polo, fantastic. Top draw stuff. Hodson will get better at, um, at nine. But at the moment, the edge back rowers are a real problem.
0: So you've had your, your thoughts on the Parramatta Eels and, and the next three matches in between, in particular that they face, but what about the Sharks? What's your mm. snap judgment then on the Sharks over the next few rounds? They've got the Raiders, the Dragons, the Warriors before they get to the bye. So a really important mm. three weeks or three rounds of football ahead of them. A snap judgment on the Sharkies?
1: They should, look, Matty, like they should win all three, in my opinion, but they're not playing like a top four side they won the other night but I don't think Craig Fitzgibbon would be very happy with the side how they're traveling at the moment they're not playing like a sharks side or what we expected from last year their defense isn't hard nosed like that was a game yeah you know, the, the, that was a game of touch football the other night and or the other afternoon I, I think Craig Fitzgibbon will be sort of sitting them down in front of the video and reading them the right act a little bit they got the two points but it wasn't impressive.
0: The Broncos are now two from two. So they are down the Cowboys at Suncorp. I mean, this is a big win. 28 points to 16. Off the back of their round one performance, they come out and put a performance like this on a team that has massive wraps, has been performing so well. It's such a good, tight unit under Todd Mm. Payton. Rhys Walsh, um, fantastic. Unfortunately, Corey Oates with that broken jaw. So quite a bit to take away from this one.
1: Rhys Walsh, what a a debut. I... I can't remember. Uh, I've seen some beauties over the years. I, I can't remember one better, uh, off the top of my head. Just really good. And you know, Kevy, if we're talking about the best coaches of the round, he'll, you know, he'll he'll feature in that because because it was the little tactical adjustment he did with having Rhys Walsh in the side. If you go back and look at the game, effectively because. Um, because Adam Reynolds the primary playmaker they they do a lot of their attacking shapes from the middle of the field but with Reese Walsh there they attack from a wider field position to open the field up for Reese Walsh for his speed and his footwork and just the great skill he's got so very very smart from Kevvy and he was, he was fantastic he was he was he was you know, they've got a really, really good creative team now. So you've got, you've got Reynolds who can play the full field. And or, he's an organiser and a natural passer and puts the polish on the end of the sets. And in the six and the one, you've got Mam and you've got Walsh who are unpredictable and quicksilver fast. So, it, it, and Billy Walters too, he's playing really good football at, at Hooker. So, Matty, they're looking good, right? But I'm... I'm always wary of the Broncos because I've seen this from them. I saw this last year where they were headed for a top four spot and the wheels completely fell off to the extent they played Parramatta right. They played Parramatta, beat them 38-16 and one month later played Parramatta and got beat 53-6. So when when the wheels come off Brisbane, they really come off. But I, I do have the suspicion that this year will be different but I'll be convinced of it when they can go through a tough period and get out the other side.
0: Yeah, trust is a word that you've used a lot when you've been talking about the Bronx. So they've got the Dragons next up. We've mentioned that Dolphins, uh, big blockbuster in round four. But then you look at their draw. So West Tigers, then the Raiders, then the Titans, then the Eels, um, then a big one of the the Rabbitohs in round nine. You've got to go all the way to round Mm -hmm. 16 before they get... To a buy, so the early points and the early performances have been yeah. absolutely it's, outstanding. Yeah,
1: that's 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 interesting, isn't it? Because I, talking to was last night, I, he said, uh, "I said, uh, you know, they got the buy coming up." And I said, oh, yeah, you've had some pretty tough games. Sides have really come hard at you. It's a good time. Event. Nah, no, it's not. He said, I'd prefer it around, around 10, 11, 12. And I said, OK, I understand that. I get it. So that's so that's that's handy for the Broncos.
0: Yeah, yeah. And was that a preference for, what, just further into the season or yeah. injuries and all that kind of stuff?
1: Yeah, yeah. M- Matty, I, th- I think twofold. I think purely because by the middle of the season, you're starting to wear a few injuries, you're getting a little fatigued and you're looking for, for a break to freshen up. But I also think that at the moment they've, they've just chalked up their first win uh, after the World Club Challenge loss in round one and I reckon they just felt they're getting a bit of momentum and they've got their blueprint going, they've returned to winning ways uh, and they've, it just creates a little bit of a block.
0: Your snap judgment then on the Roosters, 20 defeating the Warriors, 12 mm. at Alliance.
1: Yeah, it's, it's déjà vu a little bit with the Roosters in the fact that you know, star-studded side who you are expecting so much from, and they got the win. But yeah, they weren't they. They it, just they can't find continuity with the football. They they just they can't get that rhythm going. Um, Kiri uh, on the weekend um, you do not see better ball playing than when he laid on the last try, puts Suoli through. It was unbelievable piece of playmaking. Looking in at the last second to turn out and throw that tight, nice little tight face pass. That that was that was class. That's a that's a good sign for Luke and the Roosters. But at the moment, they've. I can't quite. I can't quite put my finger on it, Matty. What it is, but I do believe that Manu is wasted in the centres. Centre these days has evolved into a workmanlike position, and Manu's better than that. I. What they I, I don't know exactly what they do. Of course, he's not going to go to fullback with Tedesco. There was a period last year where they put him into six and their season got going. But that means, you know, it, then you, you've got to move the halves. You know, is it Sam Walker? I, I don't know. But in my opinion, he's just, he, he you don't get the best out of Joey Manu in the centres. Uh, they, they'll, they'll pick up. You know, I, I spoke to someone yesterday and he said, Do you reckon they'll be told four? And I said, Yeah, they definitely will be. But. Yeah, they just want to get themselves going, um, but, but get themselves going quicker than they did last year. They yes. they took took them almost two thirds of the way through the season to start seeing their best football.
0: Well, they've got the Rabbitohs obviously on Friday, and then wow. they've got the bye after that one. We've touched on the Dolphins beating uh, the Raiders and where the Dolphins are currently sitting, of course, in their fantastic start. Now, what about this result? The Bulldogs 26 mm. defeat the Storm 12. Now. It's interesting, Matty, when we did our top eights uh, at the start of the season, these were the two teams, Bulldogs and Storm, that I flipped and flopped the whole way in. And part of my reasoning about questioning the Storm was exactly what's happening. Munster's now out. We know Pappenhausen. We know all the names on the sideline. And Asafir Solomona is now going to join him for the next, well, six to eight weeks. So dramas for the Melbourne Storm. Was it more of a worry the way that the Bulldogs won for Craig... Bellamy, they scored on the left, they scored on the right, they scored in the middle.
1: Yes, Matty. Look, we said before a ball was kicked, depth is a big issue for the Melbourne Storm. This is, and we predicted that this was going to be in Melbourne's, in Craig Bellamy's Storm coaching career, all the grand finals, all the times he went through the salary cap period where they had to rebuild, is that I think this is going to be his biggest challenge, is that there's not a lot of depth in the squad and the the reliance on particularly with Pappenhausen and Beatt on keeping Munster Jerome Hughes and Harry Grant fresh and on the field and they've lost Munster and already you see the effect of that Nelson is he was their most effective forward they've lost him for 8 weeks man this is oh, this is a huge challenge for for Craig Bellamy and the Melbourne Storm you know, God help if they. You know, and the thing about it is, you know, like now you've got you've got Jerome and you've got Harry, and the nature of the sport is you might lose one of those guys the next couple. You just don't know. So this is, um, yeah, a lot of people looking at the Melbourne Storm trying to go, okay, well, where 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 do they sit? How far can their winning culture take them? With what's going on at the moment and how how skinny things are appearing in their roster. On the other, on the flip side. Great coaching performance from Cameron Seraldo. I thought watching, watching the Bulldogs in their first game against Manly, they were tentative. They played nervous, and like I said earlier, they were just always trying to find their structure, rather than just don't think, just push the ball to the edges. When you want to consolidate, go back to your structure. Uh, they, they were they, they were great, and it was re- and it was driven by the young guys, some really top line young guys in that squad. They, they were terrific. Um, and Burton, you know, Burton's still finding his way at six. He's going to get better and better. So some really good signs there for the Bulldogs. The challenge for the Bulldogs, Matty, it's the joy of playing underdog football. When you go out there and not many people are giving you a chance and you're coming off a stinker and you've had a lot of criticism through the week, what a joy it is just to get out there and be able to move the ball around and back yourself. Now, the challenge is going to be, did you say they got the Tigers this week? Uh, the doggies? Yes, they do. So, Yeah, they've got the Tigers right up. This is going to be the challenge, to go out there and play a Tiger side who's going to be absolutely hammered through the week and they're going to go out there with that underdog mentality for the dogs to still keep that same mindset and be willing to back themselves and push the ball around and defend their errors. This is this is a really big mental test for Cameron Seraldo's dogs.
0: We've uh, broken down the Knights v. West Tigers, but I've got some breaking news on that, Matty. So Jacob Saifidi has been handed a grade three reckless Mm -hmm. high tackle charge for that hit on Jake Simpkin that saw him sent from the field. So the outcome here is early guilty plea gone for five matches. If Mm -hmm. he challenges and loses, that'll be six uh, six games that he'll miss out on. So I don't know how much intent was behind that, um, but it was clearly it was clearly pretty reckless and it saw him yep. sent from the field what, what was your take on that and do you think oh, that yeah. that's that's a good outcome or not a good outcome do you think that's no. the right outcome perhaps five matches
1: uh, when you've looked s- some of them over the course of the weekend it's a, he's been hit with the big stick but we all know the policy on headshots, you know. And you know, as a, as I'm a man and I know how much is this is going to hurt. But at the end of the day, I can't on one hand be sitting here and you know talking about the dangers of concussion and how we're going to clean the game up, and the other on the other hand, you know, to trying to defend that. So, at the end of the day, the send off was the 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 send off was deserved. The suspension's a pretty heavy one, but hey. So that's, that's the way the game's going, and that's what we've got to do to clean up these head knocks and make the game safer, Then that's the way it
0: is. So Jacob Saifidi, grade three, reckless high tackle, five-match ban with an early guilty plea, six if he challenges and loses. I, I freeze-framed it um, to the eyeballs yesterday, and, and it was the actual lies that I thought, because he, he he had a look at who he was ready to hit. So I think that's... that's Initially, Matty, I thought... Oh, he's just made contact with a player who's coming past him, you know, just trying to step into his way. But he had his eyes on the tackle, and the tackle went wrong. Jackson Hastings, a grade one careless high tackle charge for that shot on Tommy Talao. Um, So he'll get off with a $1,800 fine. Our final snap judgment, Dragons yesterday defeating the Titans. So the Dragons avoid everything by having the bye in round one, and they come out here and they... Well, they had to fight for it in the end. 32-18 looks like a big win, but they had to push their way through this one and a good way to come out of the gates for St. George Illawarra.
1: Wow, and what an important win it was for Anthony Griffin because if they get beat yesterday and they started slow, then today, Matty, we're on here saying, well, who coaches the Dragons? Is it Ben Hornby? Is it Dean Young? Is it Jason Riles? And so, look, the nature of the Dragons is probably that discussion is only a loss away only a loss away but uh, yeah that's that's an important one like you know they turn up to training this morning Matty and they're buoyed they've had a win they're happy we interviewed Dane Laurie after the game and he was in good spirits so that that's that's good for the club and Tyrone Sloan Tyrell Sloan who's such a important player for them talented young bloke had a difficult pre-season or charity shield he was good so there's some good signs good signs around the Dragons
0: there's your snap judgments from round two. Snap Fitness with you every step of the way. Go to snapfitness.com.au. We'll take a break on the other side of this. We'll get your coach of the year points. Who played it best from the coach's box in round two?